Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham! Presents with me, your host Valerie, and sometime co-host Miss Perrington is back at home. We're recording from the lovely Driscoll Hotel in downtown Austin. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy, including those passing through Austin, like our guest today. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our ComedyWham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham! brings you articles, album reviews, our monthly Comedy Wham! showcase at Hobson Time in Lakeway. The next one is Tuesday, December the 7th, and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, uh, we first met our guest in 2018 during the Altercation Festival, which is happening very soon. Uh, He's from Fort Collins, a place that I actually visited this past summer, so now I can totally relate and visualize a lot of the things that are that happen in that city and he has helped shape and grow the scene along with David Rodriguez which, who we talked about in 2018 as well and now Comedy Wham presents our guest our returning guest Jacob Erdman yeah hey, welcome back hold the applause <laughs> everybody I can hear it yes they're just uh-huh you know, they're, they're yeah I didn't, at the I didn't know you'd get like a uh a whole audience here. This yeah. is great. <laughs> I, I we got that person and yeah, over there. And another and person. Yeah, and totally. And Look at them go. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like, we got a horse and rodeo show They would here. love it. <laughs> we got some cattle baron guy looking over us. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if his ghost lives in this place. Well, you know this hotel is known for its ghost activity. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I did not know that. I yeah, assumed. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is such a classic hotel like of the traditional Western style, yeah. which is why I love bringing out-of-town people that I'm interviewing here. Totally. Um, it's very relaxing. and. I just and wonder how many prostitutes got murdered in this building. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's got I, I dark. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Because that's generally it. That's generally, like, how else are you going to get ghosts? You're not going to get ghosts from, like, somebody dying peacefully in their sleep, surrounded <laughs> yeah. by family. It is an arduous... Yeah. You're fighting for your life and you just can't make it. That's what makes the best ghosts or poltergeists. Yeah. You, could, uh, you could Google it, I'm sure. Yeah, okay, what makes a ghost? We yeah. can bring out the Ouija board, brought to you in part by Milton Bradley. Yeah. We got it all. Uh, Jacob, we talked three years ago and I was uh, looking over my notes. And like I said, I visited Fort Collins this summer. You should have hit me up for some shows. I, well, I was there on a true vacation okay yeah um, yeah just decompressing yeah, from life i yeah. hear it uh so I, I i didn't but i did go to the comedy fort oh that's so, so great at least you know worked that into my my itinerary and seeing it in person and then remembering our conversation um and the healthy competition that you had with david who, oh yeah he won he's com- he won he's winning <laughs> the, i don't i <laughs> It's more of a joke at this point. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. a nice little joke. But you, he, and there was a, a another person really were shaping the 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 scene mm-hmm. at the time, and obviously now with with a dedicated venue. Oh, it's so know, great it's, too. It's established. Yeah. So, uh, those are the things as the outsider that I have observed have changed. What else has changed in in the three years since we? We well, obviously the major change is the, the the club itself, the Comedy Fort, which mm-hmm. is great because it gives a lot of these new people a bunch of club experience, mm-hmm. the idea, and, um, you know, but with that, the, the growing of the scene has been, like, a sh- the COVID kind of gave the, the scene a shot in the arm regarding new blood and stuff. And so there's a bunch of new people on the scene trying to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been refreshing. But I haven't actually... So my new job brings me out of the um, of the city a lot. Like, I travel a lot. Like, for ah. example... Um, so I do what's called mortgage inspection now. 
really, you've totally changed gears. Yep, yep. Oh my so gosh. I got laid off in 2019. And February, non-performance-based layoff. <laughs> I always have to say that because they're like, okay, you got fired. It's like, no. It was, I was working for a corporation, Airbus, uh-huh. uh, Defense and Space, and uh, I got a non-performance-based layoff. So with that, I traveled to Southeast. So I got laid off in February. And then so I went to Atlanta for a week and did a bunch of shows there and because I've never been there before. And like uh-huh. Frontier was running a, a promo, like $49 round trip. And I was like, wow. let's go to Atlanta. Yeah. Never been there before. And then after that, in June of 2019, I went to Asia for four weeks. Wow. So I flew into Beijing, went to uh, Inner Mongolia, which is just a province of China, right next to Mongolia. It's called mm-hmm. Inner Mongolia. It's hilarious. Like, you're like, you went to Mongolia? Like, no, that's still a part of China. That's like us calling it New Mexico. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, so you went to Mexico? It's like, no, we're kind of just rubbing it in their face <laughs> that we took their land and they can't do anything about it. And then I went and I took a plane to um, Bangkok, Thailand. And then I took a train to Siem Reap, Cambodia, which is another funny thing. So Cambodia, in a war, took... Um, so Thailand, before it was Thailand, was called Siam. Okay. And Cambodia won a war against Siam and took that city, and they named the city Siam Reap, which is basically they reaped Siam of that... So it's another kind of like, wow. get out of here yeah. situation. Oh gosh. And then I went to uh, Hanoi, Vietnam... And then me, and so basically I went all through Southeast Asia while my friend was working his summer gig. Uh, he was camping because he works in China, he works in Beijing. And uh, he was working his summer gig. And then he met me in a southern province city, provincial capital called Kunming, China. And then with there, we traveled all over rural China for 10 days. And if you want to travel through rural China, don't. Oh. It is it is difficult and being a white person with round eyes mm-hmm. people in that area have never seen other people that aren't Chinese. So they like sit there and they take pictures of you, which is cool for like the first couple of days. You're like yeah. I'm a celebrity. But then it's like leave me alone. Wow. Get out of here. Like I don't know you. I don't care about anything they have to do and they're just sitting there taking pictures of you to like hey look at a white person and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they gawk at you and it's just like holy cannoli and then a lot of times I like to view the nightlife Chinese people um, they can't really process alcohol so all of their beer is like super low APV because it's more of like a social agenda instead of getting drunk yeah. because if they get drunk they get like sick or something um, basically, like I said, they, their body just can't metabolize alcohol, so they get really sick, so they don't really have a nightlife. So I'm in central, middle China, um, and there's no nightlife to speak of. Huh. The entire city closes down at like 9 p.m. Oh, wow. So it's like, let's go, like there's no parties, there's no, there's no, there's no nothing. And no it's, comedy? Definitely no comedy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know... Uh, I've but, heard there is actually comedy, but those there, are like the the big bigger cities. cities but yeah. that's like more international. Yeah. That, that could be that could be anywhere. It's yeah. not like big cities aren't indicative of. Well, it sort of is, but like more indicative of like the the culture and regions. And China's so big that when you say that you're on Western China, you're actually in Central China, but it's so mountainous over that they don't even have any cities. It's like, if, and here's the weird thing about China too, one time zone. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like it's like wider than the United States, and it has one time zone, and it's all predicated on Beijing. Oh, wow. So it could be like 2 p.m., and it's nighttime. Yeah. Or it's like morning time. Or like, because you're so far... It is, it is. It's super weird. Huh. And Chinese people are super uh, rude because there's so many there. And it's so densely compacted that everyone's trying to get to where they're going yesterday. Mm. And so they literally push you out of their way if you're not wor- walking fast enough oh for it. Yeah, like, I saw them push over an old lady just like, and I was like, what the heck? And my friend's just like, she's used to it. Like, this is what they do. They, they are trying to get to where they're going, and they don't wow. give a crap about anybody. And then uh, spitting is huge in China. Oh. 
It is the worst. Really? Like the first time I got spit on, I because like they just turn over and spit. They don't oh, even so look. They don't care. If they you're if, somebody's yep. Oh, man. And so when I got spit on, I was furious. My friends like, if you fight a Chinese nationalist, you're gonna go to jail regardless of what they did to you, because it's Chinese nationalist versus a foreign like aggressor. No, you're gonna go to jail. Like oh it does, so just like even if you get attacked by a Chinese person, you just have to sit there and take it. Because you and, and you probably still get go to jail. Yeah. My friend is like, do not like they have like basically three rules. It's like don't do hardcore drugs, which that's a gray area at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't fight. No, no, like aggressiveness. And then do not question the government. You question the government, you're going right to jail. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's pretty like tight knit. Like you want to see. Um, what is it? Communism in its harshest. Yeah. You go to China and these people are like on like, and then they, they're like taught that China's the best. This is the way of life. And if you question anything, mm-hmm. you're going to be a political prisoner. Yeah. But it was a very interesting trip as well. I bet. Yeah. And then after that, I, we were talking about how I wasn't able to come to altercation in 2019 because then after that, I got a plane ticket to Central America. So I went to uh, Costa Rica and Panama. And uh, a f- really funny coincidence, um, I found out that my cousin, who I didn't even know existed, on my aunt's side, this is why I didn't know he existed, my aunt died back in like 92, and her side, her uh, previous husband's side of the family, so it's like a cousin once removed, uh, he owns a hostel and a bar and grill in uh, um, Pueblo... Pueblo Viejo, Pueblo Viejo, um, uh, Costa Rica. Uh-huh. It's called Tasty Waves Cantina. And I hit him up and I'm like, hey man, like we're family. I'm not like, because I don't like entitlement at all. Yeah. I'm like, hey, like I would like to support your uh, your establishment because yeah. we're family and stuff. Like let's do this. And he's like, awesome. Yeah, come on down. I'd love to meet new family. And I was like, hey, I also do comedy and I haven't been on stage for what feels like forever. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not on stage, it's like it's like a weird like withdrawal syndrome. So I gotta get on stage, and if I can't do comedy, I'll do like karaoke or something. Uh-huh. And I and I tell people I am awful at karaoke at singing, uh-huh. but I'll I'll put on a show. Uh-huh. Like it's a it, karaoke is not just singing; it's a That's performance right. art piece. And agree. you get up there and you bare your soul. You yes. get up there and you and one of my f- favorite songs is Shania Twain's "Man, I Feel Like a Woman." <laughs> It is such a sassy song, uh-huh. and it's funny as a cis white male yeah. just getting up there talking about being a woman and stuff. It's it's so silly, but my um, my cousin let me do thirty minutes. Oh my god! In Costa Rica, so now you're wow. looking at an international, international. sensation, uh huh, <laughs> celebrity in uh, Puerto Viejo, uh, Costa Rica. A lot of people were talking about it. Yeah, people who were okay. in the uh, yeah, exactly. It's like uh huh. <laughs> Uh, sometimes you gotta lie to yourself but uh, so yeah I gotta do 30 minutes and he's like I really can't afford to pay you and I'm like that I just need stage time yeah. my man so basically what it is he he gave me free room and board that night and uh, and then uh, I got tips so I got paid like 150 bucks to do 30 minutes oh because it's Great. a huge gringo bar too so like uh, you go to that area of uh-huh. Costa Rica and it's like yeah go to this place if you're a white person who can't speak Spanish mm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. And then I, um, and then I went to Panama, uh, took a bus to Panama and they have a, uh, uh, so that whole place is riddled with volcanoes, like Mm. so many volcanoes everywhere. But ironically enough, Panama only has one volcano and it's, uh, it's north of the central, uh, there's a smaller city called David, David or David, as we would say in English. Um, it's basically just a, a transportation hub, and so it's north of David, and I forget what its name is, uh, but I got to do some time at the hostel when I was there too, and that was so fun. The hostel world tour. Yeah, exactly, and that, that is a thing that I really want to do more often, is like hit up these hostels, be like, hey, international sensation yeah. Jacob Erdman here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the thing that I forgot too is I did uh so my friend he lives in he lived in Kunming, China. And that's a there's a lot of white people there. 
as well from America, a lot of expats, I guess they call them, um, because it's so inexpensive to live in Asia compared to the United States. Like, your dollar goes times 10 there. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Same with Central America. But uh, I did an open mic, and I was like, hey, I do, you know, American stand-up comedy. Uh, can I... Because it's, bas- it's like basically a... Uh, uh, a music open mic but I was like can I do some comedy and they're like yes absolutely and my opening joke was like nothing transcends the language barrier like American comedy which is a goddamn lie <laughs> it was the first time that I actually had beer cans thrown at me oh my god because there were a bunch of uh, drunk Chinese or Japanese or Southeast Asian businessmen because it's a provincial capital so it's like there's a lot it's like but it's a small city by Chinese standards it's like mm. 10 million people that's a small city. Jeez. It's crazy their their ideas of small cities versus large cities. But uh, I got to do stand up comedy in Kunming, China, and uh, yeah, that was my opening joke. But like, I'll tell you what, they were not stoked about it. It was like ten minutes of these of being heckled by these drunk Chinese businessmen throwing beer cans at me, and I was like. I didn't even know drunk people, or I didn't even know Chinese people could get drunk. But these yeah. people were going after it straight up, or maybe they're just acting ruckus. Yeah. But it was it was pretty funny because, like, like I said, like I was up on stage and they were like yelling Chinese at me, uh, throwing beer cans, and I was like, this is this is the nitty gritty of comedy. This is this yeah. is what I do it for. It's for the people <laughs> and the beer cans being thrown at me. Really, I mean, that's that's pinnacle of career. <laughs> exactly. Uh huh. So yeah, that's uh that's been a fun thing too. Is like traveling the world and then hitting up these hostels being like hey listen I know there's a bunch of white people there if you want like free entertainment just give me some stage yeah. time like cause that's all I need <laughs> I'll take tips I'll take I'll take you know like yeah. comedy I'll work for any amount of money yeah. sometimes money yeah <laughs> yeah so that was that would have been September October time of 2019. Yep. And then did you get back home? I got home and uh, dealt with some personal issues, and then right away, um, so my mom got really sick, and so I went up to North Dakota where she was at, and then I came back, started this new mortgage inspection job, and then COVID hit. And I got COVID real early. Oh, gosh. I got COVID before they even knew what COVID was. Oh, wow. Uh, so I got it in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, like March 4th from my aunt. And uh, it, you know how, like, the, the the incubation period is, like, three or four days? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the messed up part is that when it was kicking in, when I was my most... Uh, um, when I was my most, what is it, contagious... Uh, I was actually at an open mic in Des Moines. Oh. Like, I was, it was, it was, it was not good. Yeah. Because I didn't know what was going on in the whole crowd. Like, like, I was traveling, so I really wasn't a, a part of the news process. And uh, people were all joking about this super crazy virus going around. And I may have given some people COVID uh, in Des Moines, Iowa at the beginning of 2020. And I kind of want to go back there because it was at, it was at a open mic called lefties. And I kind of want to go back there and be like, Hey, did anyone get COVID in the very beginning? Because I have some apologies to make. <laughs> like you want to see a super spreader. This is the guy oh. right here. And so I was traveling doing my job, uh, mortgage inspection, which essentially is just drive around the country, taking pictures of buildings. It's great. It pays awesome. It's hilarious. And it, it, it complements comedy so well. Because, like, for example, yesterday I did four markets. Mm-hmm. So I went and did uh, San Antonio and Victoria. So I can get all tax write-offs. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All <laughs> itemized deductions. So, um, I was out, and, uh, so I was out there being a super spreader because I didn't know what I had. I didn't yeah. know anything. And, you know, when I got it, I just was the sickest I have ever been. It knocked me on my butt. It is not to be trifled with. Yeah. Uh, it's a very serious situation. And so when, uh, when I got it, I was like, this is the worst flu I have ever had in my life. Like, I'm never going to feel good again. Mm-hmm. And I also was like, this is a weird one because I've never had to use my inhaler for the flu before. Like, yeah. I was all, like, congesting up and stuff. And I was like, this sucks. And so I got home on March 10th and basically slept for like a month but like when I woke up periodically I was like what the heck's going on with the world and like March 14th the world shut down and I was like I'm glad I'm home with like a decent enough savings that can ride me through this pandemic 
And, uh, and on the other side, the mortgage business and home, the market for houses has just not slowed down. It has skyrocketed all. because yeah. of a lot of supply chain disruptions, mm-hmm. a la like wood, for example. It's yeah. like wood is so expensive right now. Yeah. And so, yeah. So and once you got back up on your feet, did you take a, I mean, were you swept under that whole I basic, crazy home market? I, no, because I, I, I bought my house in 2019. No, 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 I know. Uh, I'm sorry, 2014, okay. I know, but like your business. Oh, so mortgage inspection essentially is mortgage companies own tons of commercial and industrial businesses throughout the country. Commercial. Yep, commercial oh. and industrial. So basically what I do is I go out there and I take pictures of these buildings, both outside and inside, mm-hmm. and then write a report up and then basically tell the mortgage company the condition of this building. Uh. And if there's any de- what we call deferred maintenance from the previous year, you inspect that to make sure that the property management company did their due diligence. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm working as a glorified narc. <laughs> so I'm basically out there being like, hey, hey, property management company, what are these people paying you for if you're not doing your job? Yeah. And then, so after I write my report, I have no idea what happens. Uh. I have no idea who <laughs> does anything. So as soon as that's done, yeah. forget about it. I don't yeah. even care anymore. Give me my money. Yeah. So when did you start going back to do comedy after the world started reopening? Um, so I was doing parking lot shows at my um, one of my favorite rooms in um, Loveland, Colorado, called Drake's Brewery. Okay. So in Drake's Brewery, uh, the owner Carrie Drake was like, "Hey, man, like you know, like a lot of small business, we can't afford to be closed. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like how do you feel about doing um, parking lot gigs?" So I got an, I bought, so uh, Comedy Gives Back is a great organization. And so they were saying, they gave me a small amount of money, around 500 bucks. So basically it was like, if you made or paid taxes on $12,000 or more in 2019, we're going to give you a small stipend to help alleviate the uh, financial burdens that COVID brings. So Comedy Gives Back gave me a $500 situation where I went out and bought an FM transmitter to do parking lot shows. Oh, wow. So it just lateraled <laughs> back into comedy. And so I bought like uh, a car battery, a, a car battery inverter, which basically you just connect it to the car battery and it allows for AC-DC power. Uh, like it's like a 110 situation. And then a transmitter and then new mics and new mic cords and stuff. And then a soundboard that hooks into it, into the FM transmitter. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so basically it was, like, around, I want to say April, May. Is, oh, that's pretty early. Yeah, it was super early, yeah. but it was also only parking lot shows, yeah. and everybody was, like, it was, like, all CDC guidelines, and it was obnoxious. And, like, <laughs> and the weather, oh, God, like, I did, I've done comedy in pouring rain, <laughs> just holding an umbrella. <laughs> I've done comedy in a blizzard, just oh holding an umbrella. And I was like, dude, if that's not comedy, I don't know what yeah. is. Like, just the idea. Such a yeah, just being out there, being like, all right, everybody. And, like, working for peanuts. Like, I'm talking, like, donation based only. Yeah. And it was just because the venue was like, you can use our parking lot. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, it ebbs and flows. And it was fun. It was a funny experience because. Yeah. I live by the philosophy, always funny first, which isn't always the smartest or easiest way to do (laughs) something. But, you know, like comedy, like we're basically curators of stories. Mm -hmm. And so you got to really invest in your stories to make comedy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you can tell when when somebody tells a joke that's 100% not true. It's like, well, that's just fabricated. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but... A lot of my, like, I would say 100% of my jokes are predicated on real life experiences. Yeah. And so you got to get out there and experience life. Yeah. And that's the thing that I try to tell new comics, too. It's like, you know, you're going to run out of material, like, year three or four if your life is open mic drunk, show drunk, open mic drunk, show drunk. Like, yeah. you got to get out there and live comedy. You can't just do comedy. Right. And, uh, and so that's what I was doing. Like, I was like, so I wasn't able to do comedy for when I was in China for a long time. So I was in, um, Thailand and I paid somebody like seriously like peanuts. Like it was like 50 baht, which is like American 
maybe a dollar. Oh. Like the, their their bot to dollar ratio is like in the cents. Yeah. And I paid this person to sing on their karaoke machine. <laughs> and apparently karaoke singing, or at least my singing, is illegal in Thailand. So I had to bribe a uh, a constable, a police oh officer, gosh. more bots to continue my song. Like, he literally walked by me and did, like, the money sign. And I was like, I guess I'm giving you money. Wow. Like, I guess, like, because, you know, bribes also transcend yeah. the... Uh, the language barrier very well so if you don't know what they're saying just give them some money they're yeah. like more money like if you uh, want to not go to jail or if you don't want me to not shut you down give me some money wild uh-huh wild. so one of the things that that was um, a very prominent part of our conversation three years ago was um, you building up the scene in Fort Collins, but with you being away, like, did you have stewards of the scene that you were like, okay, it's in good hands? Absolutely. And so with all of my shows, I get very uh, competent guest hosts. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them are the new class of comedy coming in, yeah. like year two and three. And I'm like, hey, listen, like, I can only pay you X number of dollars. Do you want a guest host? And you're like, yes, let me jump on this and do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it like hosting is a whole different bag. Yeah. So with hosting, I mean, you have you hosted shows and stuff? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. totally. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. want to be rude. And stuff, yeah. but I just don't know your comedy <laughs> yeah. experience because you're always on that side of the table. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing you oh, now. No. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, hosting as you know, is a huge difference because they're sober and they're cold and you got to break them in and you got to keep the energy level high and you can't be like a morose motherfucker. You can't do like (laughs) you're just telling it as it is jokes. You got to do jokes of all just try to corral them. And if the headliner is, I guess, not necessarily good enough but like aware enough, they'll hear what jokes aren't working and then lateral their set accordingly. Yeah. So um, you left it in good hands and when you came back... Uh, or I guess when things started, when you came back, things shut down, and then things started reopening, and uh, you probably, along with with everybody else that knew David, got to watch like the the building of oh. of the stage and like his so, chronicling of yeah. Uh, What's so great about the comedy fort? It's literally built by comedians. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tobias Livingston is one of the most handy men out there, and I. If it wasn't for him, I don't know where the comedy fort would be. Like, mm. he is the go-to guy for... Like, when I talk to David about something, he's like, oh, that's a Tobias question. Go ask <laughs> Tobias. Like, that, I have no idea. I just pay the guy, and he goes to work. Like, and it's so funny, because David actually gave him, like, a lot of uh, just, like, do it. Mm. And Tobias has been just doing it. Yeah. And he's done a lot of, like, projects that have succeeded. He's done a lot of projects that have failed. And it's a constant... Um, movement within that room because they're trying to get as many people in there as possible as you know because a lot of the bigger names have a minimum seat requirement Ah. so like Stanhope came out and he was like I I only work theaters that have minimum like I'm just throwing out a number like 160 so we're like so David's like shit I gotta find 20 more seats to put there so you know they move the soundboard and just move the like so basically um it's just a lot of movement before it's even finalized. Like it's been open since February of 2021 and it's not even finalized because a lot of bigger names require a minimum seat requirement. Mm -hmm. So, and, uh, you know, always improvements. It's, it's like, it's like owning a house. Like you can always find something to work on to make it better. It's always a pro it's an ongoing project and it's beautiful. It's so fun because, um, it's literally, backed up against a brick wall like you saw like mm-hmm. that is so yeah. choice yeah. how it is yeah. and David has done everything right regarding the comedy for it. like even drink prices are full prices like for example a beer is like three bucks or four bucks uh-huh. that's it it's not okay. like three I'm not six, a drinker so I okay. yeah that's why you got the glazed look uh-huh. I don't understand what that means yeah okay <laughs> so a lot of times it's like you know 365 uh-huh. so he basically made it two you know, 45 
and then with the tax, the tax it's three bucks. Uh, nice. Yep. Okay. And so with the tax, it's four bucks. With mm-hmm. the tax, it's like it's a flat rate. Yeah. So it's so much easier to do tips and stuff, yeah. and uh, if you just have cash money, yeah. so you don't have to be running around with a lot of change and stuff. So yeah. that's another thing that I was like, that is that it's just it's the little things and stuff, yep. Yep. and the the vibe in the comedy for it, like always a super hot crowd. Mm-hmm. And they have shows basically from Wednesday till Sunday with Monday and Tuesday. And then they have Tobias runs a trivia on Sunday. It's just, mm. it's just every, everything comedy. Yeah. It's just concentrated comedy. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. Uh, I, I went to go see a show. And what was really funny is that uh, local comic Dylan Sullivan was one of the features. Oh, that's so great. And so it was like crazy to see uh-huh. him walking into the room that, you know, we were, exp- we, we didn't know who the headliner was, so I'm like, okay, well, I saw a video clip. I'm like, yeah, this is the type of comedy I like, so we'll we'll make sure. Do you I wanted who? to support David Waite. Oh, oh my gosh, we might have been at the same show. Really? Yeah. No way. Uh, because I I was racing back to see Dave Waite. Oh my god. Uh, but I showed up a little bit late, so. Um, oh wow. Was it? Because I forget it. I think I was at the Saturday show. I was at the Saturday, the early show, because I had my teen. Okay, because I go to late night shows, because the late night shows are like, if you, yeah, if you want to get to some, like, different comedy, go to the late night show, (laughs) because, like, they can go longer, yeah, and not all the comedians, but sometimes the the headliner gets a little bit tipsy and starts (laughs) really getting into, like, the groove and stuff, and it's such a hot room that, you know, you can't say anything that's not so, but I love Dave Boyd. Yeah. He is, he's like he a, was fun. he's he was like the pinnacle of like Midwest comedy, like yeah. blue collar Midwest. <laughs> just, oh God. Yeah. He, and I would consider him a personal friend as well. Like every time he comes out, I'm like, stay at my, stay in my RV, nice. like do my shows as well. Yeah. And I just love that guy. He's yeah. such a, he's like such a Midwest, like dad figure yeah. who's just so funny. Oh my gosh. How crazy is that? Uh-huh. Totally. Oh, we just missed. Yeah. I would have loved like, yeah. oh my gosh, hello. <laughs> so what has your, what have you been keeping busy with uh, locally, especially if you're traveling more? Yeah. Um, locally with comedy, it's just basically booking shows and trying to get out there as much as possible. But literally my mortgage inspection job keeps me on the road a lot, a ton. And uh, like, for example, I bought a new a minivan in March with uh, 25,000 miles on it. It is now October, almost November, and it has 70,000 miles on it now. And that is just the summer. And so it is a lot of traveling all throughout the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what has been really keeping me busy. I mean, this summer I visited like six national parks, a ton of national forests. Like, so if I'm not taking pictures of buildings, I'm basically camping and posting up in these amazing cities like Prescott, Arizona. Uh, I've heard some negative things about how like people there are a little bit more ignorant and like whatever. But like my experiences in Prescott and Prescott Valley, Arizona have been amazing. And Sedona, like I got to do some stuff in Sedona, which was awesome. And Santa Fe is amazing and stuff like that. Like the whole Southwest is where I spend a lot of my time doing this job. And I haven't spent, before this job, I haven't spent enough time there. And Santa Fe is such a fun city. I was doing some headhunting there. Like, uh-huh. I was talking to uh, the owner of a brewery in downtown Santa Fe called Desert Dogs. And he, like, because I was planning on a, doing a tour, but then the Delta variant came out. And I was like, let me push the brakes on this tour situation mm-hmm. before everything closes down again. And I'm stuck. Yeah. Um, but Desert Dogs in Santa Fe was very interested. Um, there was a, a bar called the Matador that was very interested. Like, and then there's an international hostel in Santa Fe oh, that was also, thing. yeah, exactly, <laughs> was very interested. And I was yeah. like, that's great. So next time I come through, uh-huh. I'll be like, hey, let me do some time. Yeah. Like I can put up 30 minutes easy uh-huh. and uh, with 20 minutes of fluff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I got like these venues in these areas that when I go back, I'm like, hey, listen, it's me again. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah. bring a PA. It doesn't, I'll do all the production. I'll do everything. Just let me do some stage time. Yeah. I'll, I'll even work for just tips and stuff. So, <laughs> but yeah. So you're basically, you're, wherever you, you go, you try to find yeah. stage. Yep. And that's basically just grassroots. 
yeah. all of it all the time and then just always living the philosophy always funny first yeah. so if yeah. there's like a silly situation it was like let's do that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I was struck by with, when we talked uh, three years ago is you kept saying I'm not that funny so I have to work harder do you have you kind of grown out of that feeling? Um, I think that that's more of a mindset and it, it actually pushes me to work harder to because I like last night I did a show in Temple at a place called Corky's. Yes, I love Corky's. Yeah, I know totally. the owner. Yes. Yep. So uh, I was working with um, the Mug Rages, uh-huh. and uh, so it was like Roderick was there, Colton Dowling was there, um, Josh Castro, Castro. Uh-huh. totally. So I was working with all those people, and I would oh, and Mo Vita. Are you familiar yeah, with Mo I out of am. Denver? Yes, yeah, she's yes, a great yes. friend of mine. So it was fun. So Colton and Mo did a, a co-headlining gig, and I did 15 minutes up top. Uh-huh. And I thought that I did like a C, C minus set, but I listened to it on my uh, recorder, and I was like, dude, I was crushing. Mm. But it, like I said, it's all internalized. Yeah. It's all like, I got to work harder. I got to be funnier. And I think that one of the situations is like, I'm not good enough for myself. No. So I have to constantly be pushing my my comedy forward yeah. to appease an impossible task which is me to be the funniest that I can yeah. be and I think that that's a, that's a positive and a negative because you get down on yourself but then you listen back you're like I fucking did good yeah so um and that's for me as you know we have this timeline that's growth because uh-huh. what struck me is like you really just believed that you were not funny and I'm like, but you're a comic. You're at Altercation Festival. You're, you know, you're building up a scene. You're performing there. So now that you at least recognize that, oh, it's because of this demon that yeah. I fight myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and pushing yourself is always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't ever want to just wait around and die. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait around to die. I don't want to just, like, be like, okay, I'm good enough. Let me, um, you know, float along on my previous successes I just always want to climb that next mountain that is comedy and so um, being a very grassroots based comic with going around the country just being like hey this is me I know you don't know me but I won't be boring I might not get like the big boisterous laughs but people will be engaged at least they're getting a show yeah exactly they're getting uh, what they pay for and it's a free show (laughs) they are absolutely getting free show material um, there it's like I want my money back now yeah. and I was like okay okay I got it it's like quit, just don't throw beer cans at me just that's all I ask just don't do that yeah I've been there done that <laughs> yeah exactly like they whiz by my head I was like oh my gosh this is really happening and then they're all just throwing laughing like being I was like all right this is this is comedy right here you mentioned that you were traveling a lot in the southwest. Have you travel, traveled northward or to yep. the, either of the big coasts? So not necessarily the east coast. The furthest I've traveled east was Peoria, Illinois. And then southeast was, um, like, um, I forget which place in um, Jacksonville, okay. um, Florida. Okay, because I, I think there's a Mississippi, maybe. Also, yeah, or I could be. Yeah, exactly. So, wrong. exactly. Yeah. There's okay, so Florida. many. But anyway, so yeah, Florida, Southeast Florida, uh-huh. and then back up through Tennessee and stuff. So that whole region, Atlanta, stuff like that. So I've driven that. That's as far as I've gone. Yeah. But a lot of times when I'm like, I really got this job during COVID. So a lot of times venues are like, you know, you can do comedy here. And then they're like, wait a second, the Delta variant is coming up. Like people are getting sick. Like we're going to cancel. Yeah. Like I had some shows cancel in uh um, Albuquerque as a result of that just like Delta variant is coming up and then yeah. so the whole Southwest when I was there was like kind of a couple of months ahead of Colorado regarding the new mask mandates and I know it's kind of the wild west out here in ten- or, um, Texas but uh, in Colorado and Arizona and New Mexico a lot of those places are back to m- indoor with social distancing indoor like masks everywhere and stuff so yeah, they're uh, taking the Delta variant very seriously because I guess it's more contagious or whatever. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's crazy out there. Yeah. Um, I want to start 
winding down a little bit. I I know this episode is not going to come out until after Altercation Festival. Are you staying through? I am. For Altercation? So I'm going to probably be leaving here around October 31st. Oh, okay. So I'm here to support JT in the whole Altercation Fest because you know comics. It's like dealing with children. Yes. It's like wrangling cats. cats. Yep. Yep, there you go. And so... Sometimes when somebody's a no call no show, some flake, he's like, How do I feel? It's like I'll be there for you. Yeah. Like I'm I'm there, just give me like just make sure that I'm not super hammered because yeah. if I am, <laughs> the show will suffer accordingly. It'll be it's it's a very direct relationship. Yeah. After two beers, I, it is just like, wow dude, like just don't go on stage like but I can't. It's my drug. I yeah. need to like get that next level. Um, but yeah, so I'm here to support JT in whatever he needs for altercation. Like, if, yeah. if a host flakes out or if somebody gets sick, yeah. if a host or a comic, a support feature gets sick, I'm here. Like, I'm fully back. So yeah. I was working full-time at an elementary school when I, when, um, uh, when I wasn't traveling doing comedy and when I wasn't traveling doing my mortgage inspection job yeah. because I'm a busybody. I'm, like, a workaholic. Uh-huh. So... COVID was my tailor-made apocalypse. Like, it was the worst. Yeah. Because you couldn't go out to eat, you couldn't go out to drink, and there was nothing to do all day for nine, ten months. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so I got a full-time gig at a school as a what's called a designated sub. Uh-huh. And so with the designated sub program in uh, Fort Collins, they don't want substitute teachers bouncing around in case they get COVID, and they're like, now we got to close down three schools. Yeah, yeah. So I worked primarily at one grade school, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I was working as a substitute teacher on my off time, and I was like, I don't really like this. Even though I'm a huge people person, yeah. and I love the kids, and I love the staff, like, why don't I like it? It's because I didn't have any rapport with the students or the staff at all these schools. Mm-hmm. I was basically the new guy constantly. Sure. And no one wants to see, like, a sub that looks like me and they want to establish rapport. They're like, this is just a stranger who's going to be here for a day and I'll never see him again. Like, I'm not going to sit and eat lunch with this stranger. Especially a guy who looks like me. They're like, this guy is very aggressive looking. (laughs) Like, get away. Like, I put off that vibe of like, get away from me. You know, you can feel it, right? You can feel that very aggressive. Just like, that's why you're sitting on that side of the table. The the longest part of the table. Can you hear me down there? Not that far. <laughs> it's a standard table. Yeah. But they don't know that. Yeah, they think it's like a true. like true. in the movie Batman. It's like the big right. long but um so I worked at full time at a school from basically um October to June of twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. And when the January sixth riots were happening, I got all the kids over here and I was like, Look at this, like this is history. This is the stuff that you will be like, Where were you? It's like, Oh, uh, Mr. E gathered us around and when those pictures came out with those people looting the Capitol building, I was like, You know that you're going to jail, right? It's like you can't just break into a federal building and steal stuff and be fine with it. You I mean you got your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk, you're going to pay for that. You're stealing the podium of the Senate, you're going to pay for that. Like, it doesn't matter what this crackpot said. It's still a federal offense. Like, he, this man is only going to be president for X number of years. After he's done, you're not going to get a pardon. He doesn't care about you. How do you not know that? And it's the same people who are like, libtards, sheeple. I'm like, I'm like, you're yeah. literally doing the sheeple thing. Like, and then you see these things like people are reaching out for, at the time, President Trump for a pardon, and then they're like, oh, like, wh- why did you do it? It's like, I just got swept up. I'm like, that's sheeple. Yeah. You just got swept up? You don't get just swept up rolling in the, the Capitol building with handcuffs, with, like, zip ties, with riot gear. Like, that you planned on doing something. Like, how did... You didn't just get swept up. Like, it is... Albeit, it is very... um, What is it? The evidence. It's, like, very hearsay. It's very conjectured evidence, but you didn't just get swept up having full riot gear storming the Capitol. Like, that's not something that just happened. Like... And so you were having these conversations with the element, elementary kids. Yep, I was trying to because I, I, it was like a little bit. It was like fourth and fifth grade. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, with that elementary school, uh, I got hired as a designated sub, and so they were going almost one hundred percent digital at home mm-hmm. during the peak of it. I'm talking between 
um, November and June of 2019 or 2020, 2021. And so uh, the less affluent children or the children that had parents who just weren't home, they came to the school still and they had pods. So I had the fourth and fifth grade pods. And uh, so basically I would just monitor these children as they were learning digitally. And that was another great thing is that I got to establish rapport with these children now. So like now we're like, Mr. E, like I call it the party pot to help alleviate any sort of stress. Like I would bring in donuts, I'd give them pizza and stuff. Like, because like it's very like you don't realize it until you're older but like being a kid is so stressful because you're just going with the flow because you don't have any choice and that is a very stressful situation for these children as well and you know you internalize it and you break it you you, like push it down in in your in your like subconscious and not know it but I was like trying to alleviate any sort of stress by calling it the party pod and being like the good times. Like so, instead of being like a very stressful situation, they'd be like, "Oh man, that was so fun." Mr. E was out there, and uh, being a positive male influence in that setting is also very important for me because at the school, there's like let's say there's 80 employees, there's four male people yeah. in that even like the the, uh, the custodial staff and like all the support staff like custodians and lunch people all women all the teachers all women and so being a positive male um, you know figurehead is also very important because like you know it's just too much of one thing is difficult regardless of the situation so, so you're here through altercation. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, keep redirecting. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> um, Tangents. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, it's my disclosure, right? There's detours along the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we took a, a worldwide <laughs> detour. <laughs> um, so what, uh, how do I want to start wrapping this up? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? It's It's been the longest, shortest year ever. <laughs> like, during the time, it's been so long, but you look back at it, and I just call it the blip yeah like because yeah. like well what did you do during this i was like i probably ate marijuana and played video games <laughs> like i was talking to one of my friends i was like my hands hurt and i oh. wish it would be something cool like masturbating but it was video games the whole time <laughs> like that's how old i am i'm so old that i'm getting video game cramps yeah. like i'm like ah, oh, my thumbs like that's the hard. dexterity is <laughs> so that is how pathetic my life has been. It's like I get video game cramps, like cramp up in my hands because I'm doing nothing else. And to me, that's a nightmare. Like I even touched my PS5 or my Nintendo Switch since I got them because I've been on the road hustling, doing comedy and mortgage inspections. So like that's another positive thing that like, you know, I have it, it's available, but you know, forget about it. It's it's tertiary at best. Like it's not something that I look forward to. It's like something that... I just do to pass the time. Mm-hmm. And something I spent money on during COVID. Well, yeah. Yeah. We all did impulse depression, anxiety shopping. You like yeah. like that's the funny <laughs> thing about Amazon. You're like oh uh you like you wake up and you have an Amazon like what did I buy? Like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> you shake it. Orders. Like, like, yep. Really? Did I do that? Did I really <laughs> exactly. buy that? Did I really do that? And here's an interesting fact that I found out is that I am not a huge alcoholic. Mm. I thought I was, uh-huh. but it turns out I'm just a social drinker. Oh. In During 2020, I could say with confidence I got drunk less than 20 times that entire year. Because <laughs> I... It seems like so much to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's different than getting drunk over 20 times in one single month. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but like, yeah, it's, it's really not. 20 times in one year, uh, because it, I would have like dinner parties with my roommates and stuff. So it would be like one of those times because, you know, we're all going through it. I live with a, I, at the time I lived with some, a bunch of comedy roommates. So it was like, just like, but outside of that, I'm a very social drinker. If I'm not out socially drinking, I don't drink. I just get a little high uh, on marijuana and just, you know, take it easy. But yeah, I am not the raging alcoholic I thought I was. So that's a positive <laughs> thing too. That is a positive. Um, <laughs> Do you do you want to do your your plug for the Fort Collins comedy scene? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Nine Seven O Comedy is my production company. Um, my name is Jacob Erdman, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, come out if if you know people who are traveling out there. I, I supply room and board for traveling comics. I got an RV that they stay in and stuff, and I run 
three rooms, four shows monthly. So it's it's all scattered throughout. But nine seven zero comedy. Um, I'm I'm getting my website back up nine seven zero comedy dot com and also check out the comedy for it. It is such an amazing venue. It's yeah, it's magic. It is. It is. And there have been so many comics that have moved from Austin to Fort Collins. So, uh huh. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's been fun to watch. Totally. I mean, it's sad that we lose them. But, yeah. You know, we know they're going to a good place. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we're a dog. Going to LA or New York. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. It's like a dog dying. It's like they're going out to the farm. Yeah. You know, they're having, they're in a better place now. <laughs> because isn't this place getting so saturated with the people moving away from the West Coast? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's it's a wave. Like even Colorado's feeling that that the hike in that regard and like Reno's being inundated Las Vegas is being inundated because like why pay $5,000 to rent a studio studio yeah. when you can just buy a house and pay a thousand bucks mortgage yeah. and have yeah. own property and like and you're still doing your job you're still doing comedy right. I mean it's just in a different place yep yep absolutely yep we've definitely seen the influx here uh-huh. uh huh Jacob one of the things that I I uh always do with my interviews and we did it in 2018 is I ask a password and future word and I'll recap last year or 18 uh-huh. your password was easy your future word was hazy <laughs> so today what is your one word to describe your future oh jeez bright I like I like I like my trajectory and where I'm headed um I'm getting more comfortable being on stage uh, because that that's it. You just have to be comfortable being on stage. You got to be yourself. You yeah. got to find your voice and it's mm-hmm. it's tough cuz yeah. the stage yeah. is scary. Mm-hmm. You get up there and you're like, "Oh my gosh. <laughs> you expect me to make you laugh like yeah. Let's do it." <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say bright. It's uh I, I like the trajectory where I'm headed. I like the people I work with. I like I finally love my job yeah. and it allows me to get out there and do comedy more. So, yeah. It's always fantastic. That's a win, 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 win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents. Jacob Erdman, tell us where we can find you on social media. And, uh, uh, 970 Comedy for everything, basically. Okay. It, I try to make it as easy as possible yeah. because, you know, working with comics, yeah. you just have to make it the lowest common denominator. <laughs> That's right. Because if you try to do more too punny or whatever and you got to start spelling out stuff, it's a nightmare. Yeah. 970 Comedy in every portal. Very good. Even Venmo. <laughs> Even well, Venmo. Yeah, Yay. So, so Daddy needs that <laughs> <Yeah>. Bunsen. <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed uh, revisiting with Jacob today and uh, learning how he got to be the comedic genius and world traveler that you heard today. International sensation. That's right. <laughs> Coming to a hostel near you. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> as much as I have. Uh, this has been Comedy Wham Presents Jacob Erdman. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you so much. Awesome. That was a-